Welcome to another inspiring message from Pastor David Hall, Senior Pastor of LifePoint Church. For more information, visit our website on www.davidhall.com.au. Tonight, we're talking about simplifying, simplifying our life, because it gets complicated. I've seen complicated situations when people's lives have just got more going on than probably should be, and life just gets complicated, and And worlds collide and trouble happens. And tonight I really want to talk about simplifying your love life. Simplify, because my love life is so simple. I'm married to a good woman. I'm married to a saint, to be honest with you. This message was going to be a lot easier when I thought she was in the mother's room looking after James. But now she can, now she can eyeball me during all my marital and relational advice. And I expect a lot of amens and uh, no, no looks like, really? That's great. The Bible says in Job 4.11, and that's not my main text. In Job 4.11, the Bible says a lion perishes for lack of prey. And I want to say this, even if we call this message simplifying our, our relationships, friendships, whatever the case may be, God does not want us to be isolated. I, I have no time, and I, and I might be a little strong when I say this, but I have no time for people that come into church and they seek to isolate people and draw them to themselves. We've seen it happen before in our church, and it has great damage in the lives of people. Being isolated, the Bible says lions perish for lack of prey. What that means is that there are certain animals that if they're by themselves, a lion can take out like that. But when they're in their group, when they're part of a herd, when they're part of a tribe, when the lion comes, he'll leave them alone, not because he can't beat one of them, but he can't beat the whole lot of them. And you know, the truth is when you've got Christians that are isolated and people that are isolated, you become very vulnerable to what the enemy can do because you're an easy target because you don't have the strength of someone standing by your side, got your back, praying for you, believing God. That's why church attendance and church fellowship is so important. You can be saved and not go to church. I would venture that you, in fact, I won't venture. I'll tell you flat out, you will never fall fulfill the call of God on your life if you're an isolated Christian. The problem is when you're isolated, sometimes you lose your spiritual smarts, but when you're together, when you're part of something, and can I say, I believe everybody should have friends. We're designed to have friends. We're designed to have relationships. I'm not actually preaching a message to married people tonight alone. I'm preaching to single people, to lonely people, to people that have got heaps of friends, people who have the wrong friends. Some of you have the wrong friends in your life. And I'm something now, now you go, but you're preaching about not isolated. Yourself. I'm talking about friends that aren't friends to your destiny. I believe that God wants you to have friends that will cause you to step into what God has. I, bet, I, I, I treasure my long-term friends. I've got friends that have been my friends for, for, for the best part of 25 or 27 years and, and, uh, and have been my friends all the way through. And some of them aren't even serving God. It's not about Christian or non-Christian. But the minute somebody's not a friend of the call and of the destiny on my life, I've got to make a decision. Is this a, a relationship I want to keep sowing into? when it doesn't have power. And and so I want to get us to simplify our relationships and our relational life. And I believe Christian friendships are so important. You need to have people in your life that can speak to 
things in your life and ask you some questions and say, hey, is that right? Is that, is that okay? I don't know about you, but I have a pastor. I believe every Christian should have a pastor, a shepherd who watches out for him. I believe you should have a, a pastor, like an Apostle Paul, a pastor. You should have a, a Timothy, someone you're sowing into, and a Barnabas, somebody who walks alongside you. I've always believed that. I can tell you, I've got people that are my pastors. I've got people who are my Barnabases, and I've got a few people who listen to the Crazy things I try to tell them, and we hope for the best. Glory to Jesus. And, uh, but I do want to say this. When we, when we look at life, we've got to realize that before we enter any relationship, and if you're in a relationship, we'll, talk, we'll, we'll deal with this stuff as well, but before you enter any relationship, you need to be whole in and of yourself in God. Because I see too many broken people hooking up with broken people and all they have is a broken relationship because it's not built on a foundation of, of, of strength. And if you want a simple relationship with a spouse, with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or, or whatever the case may be, try not to have a boyfriend and a girlfriend, that'll complicate it straight away. But if you make sure that you walk together and keep it simple, this could be very politically incorrect. I'm quite jet lagged today. I've been flying all over the place. If you'd flown from Wagga Wagga, you'd feel like I feel. But I do want to tell you this, that we can be people who live... You you know, I grew up in... in, uh, Let's just say, I, I don't want to be too specific, but I have some pretty crazy family uh, around me. I, I, again, I won't get too specific, but my parents, and no, 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 I've seen a lot of crazy dysfunctional families because I grew up with a lot of them in my life. And you know, getting married and marrying Donna, I married a girl who's uncomplicated and, and we're screaming and yelling at each other and fighting is not is not the way that we conduct ourselves, because not because I'm a great husband. She's an amazing wife, and she's uncomplicated. And you know, I've met people, Look, when you're looking for someone, find someone that's not complicated. If they're complicated, it generally doesn't improve. But before you even go into a relationship, you need to realize you've got to get whole being single. But marriage is a funny equation. One plus one equals one. But if you're not whole, if you're not a full one, sort of half plus 75%, that doesn't equal one. That doesn't equal a full deck of cards relationally. And you know, so often we're looking for that somebody else to make our life better. That if we're not satisfied in God and satisfied within ourselves... All we're doing is projecting our deficit onto somebody else and making them have to compensate for whatever's lacking in our life. And I see it happen so often where some person who's in trouble and this person who's a bit bit codependent, they get together and they live very dysfunctional lives all their lives. And it's full of pain because when they have kids, their kids see that and they run a million miles, they don't have friends, and it can equal loneliness. It is so important, young people, that you listen to what I'm telling you tonight about just getting your life together and strong before you embark and ruin somebody else's or find someone that's going to ruin yours. There should be things that you look for in somebody else. Are you happy tonight? Adam, the first bachelor in the Bible, and he was a bachelor because he was there all by himself. His best friend was a dingo. And Adam was single. He lived in a place called Eden, which meant the place of pleasure and the place of God's presence. And when he lived there, he, he was happy. He was enjoying life. And, and, and let me just say this before I start. Being single, there's life before marriage. Yeah. 
There's life after marriage too. And I'm not saying get out of the one you're in. We at Life Point, we encourage togetherness. But the problem is some people have the word divorce hanging at the end of their life and they think their life's over. I believe you're, no matter who you are in this room, whether you're single, married, been married, been married five times, you're living with a guy now and you're getting water from a well, it doesn't matter. The bottom line tonight is your tomorrow will be greater than your yesterday if you put your life in the hands of God. Can you say amen? So I say all that. Snaps for Jesus. But singleness isn't all bad. I know a few people who were single and did pretty well. Jesus. The Apostle Paul was single. Mary was single at the time of Jesus' birth. David was single when he killed Goliath. There is life before marriage. Some of you, you're dysfunctional because you think, no one loves me. If you carry on like that, Genesis chapter 2 is my text tonight. It says this, this is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens before any plant of the field was in the earth and before any herb herb of the field had grown for the Lord God had caused it to rain not sorry the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth and there was no man to till the ground. But a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord formed man out of the dust and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put man whom he had formed. Incidentally, Eden, the Garden of Eden, literally is in the suburbs of Baghdad. Where Eden was, was in the suburbs of Baghdad, Iraq. Just a little bit of geography for you. And so talk about what a curse does on a piece of land it's not eaten now and the bible says and out of the ground the lord made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for the food and the tree of life was always in the midst of the, was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil now in verse 9 and let's jump to verse 15 then the lord god took man and put him in the garden of eden to tend it and keep it and the lord commanded the man saying of every tree in the garden you may freely eat but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in that day if you eat of it you surely will die and the lord said it is not good verse 18 the lord said it is not good for man to be alone i'll make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, the Lord formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he could call him. And whatever call Adam called him, each living creature was its name. And it goes on and on and on. And then eventually we find all the way down in verse uh, 24, therefore a man shall leave his mother and shall be joined his wife and they shall become one flesh. Now, let me just say this. I find it very interesting that before God, firstly, God recognized that Adam needed somebody. Now, follow me for a minute. This is so important. God recognized that Adam needed a wife. He said it's not good for man to be alone. God himself said it. He knew it. He knows it's not good. You might be single here today, and God knows it's not good for you to be alone. If you're married, God knows it's not good for you to be in a lonely marriage. He wants you to get that thing alive and vibrant again. Maybe buy a Barry White CD and see where that takes you. But I do want to say this tonight. <laughs> and I want to say this, that we look at Adam's 
walk with God and before, from, from the point that he was, was told, it's not good for man to be alone, to the point that he actually was given a wife, God took a rib and gave, that's why men love ribs so much, I love ribs, ribs are fantastic on every level and uh, I like pork ribs, I like beef ribs, I like my rib, boom, hashtag wife and I want to just say this to you today, that Adam, from the moment that God said it's not good for man to be alone, there was still development of his character before God said, okay, now it's time for you to have a wife. And in the formation of men, before Adam was able to be with Eve and come into relationship with Eve, we know, number one, he was satisfied in Eden. We need to be satisfied in and of ourselves before we project our emptiness onto somebody else. I have seen couples get married. I've seen girls that have married guys. They were both desperate rather than waiting for God. I feel like I watched them marry an Ishmael before an Isaac and I saw the whole thing implode. It's crazy to think that couples I thought would stay together have ended up not being together because they married before they were ready or they married without hearing from God. And, and, and the truth is that there are so many relationships that are that, that are that are gone into lightly when I do a wedding one of the things I say because it's part of the script is marriage is a holy estate instituted by God and should not be entered into unadvisedly but soberly it's a it's a it's a massive it's, a, it's the biggest decision you'll make outside of your decision to serve God And you say, why are you saying all this to me today? Because I watch people who look at a number, they get up around 28 and 29 and they start freaking out. Oh no. Oh no. I'm 30. You can still be good looking in 30. Look at me. I'm good looking. And 29. Feeling fine. Okay, I'm 34 in June, but it doesn't matter. Paul said in Philippians 4.11, not that I speak from want. He said, I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am, whether I'm poor or whether I'm rich. It's our responsibility in our time as single people to find contentment in who we are in God. So when we find somebody, we're not looking for somebody to satisfy our needs We're we're thinking, we are so satisfied in who we are. Let me find someone else who I complete and bring life to and bring hope to and build their life. I want want me to make her better. And you you think she's good now. You should have seen her before. I have improved her. (laughs) There is no truth in that statement whatsoever. (laughs) But can I say something? I didn't go into that in my marriage with Donna needing her to be something for me. We went into it together to serve God together with a dream in our heart to see Adelaide touched by the presence of God. Let me tell you, getting married was the best decision. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Bless Jesus. Number, the second thing that happened while Adam was single, it was, his, it was his season of development. God gave him instructions. Take care and tend the garden. In other words, make sure this place, and I'm talking to the guys here for a minute, this place is ready for when I bring a wife to stand by your side. I meet guys who have made no preparations for their future. I don't know about you, I want to give Donna the best life that I can give her. I want her to see the world, I want her to have good stuff. I want to just show off and act like I just can do anything and Superman. She's not fooled, but she pretends. And you know, the point that I'm trying to make is that why as men 
single. You might be 18, 19. Listen to what I'm saying. What are you doing now for the moment that God says, hey, I'm going to bring someone by your side? Are you saving? Are you getting an education? Are you getting a trade? Are you doing something to develop an infrastructure in your life that can allow you to provide for your wife to be? I know we live in, a, in an equal society and maybe you want to be a house dad. Let me tell you, there is, oh, oh my God, that would be the worst thing in the whole wide world. Oh my gosh. He learned to eat freely, but he knew what his boundaries were. God says, it's not good for man to be alone. And he said, I'll make him a wife. And you know, in this season, he learned the instructions that he'd been given by God. And he was ready. Can I say, men, women, ladies, gentlemen, make sure you're up with the instructions of godly living and they're in your soul and you know who you are in God and what your responsibilities are in manhood, in womanhood, in what God's called you to do. We need to make sure we're ready. I mean, you'll never be ready, ready, ready. You're always on your wedding day. You think, oh gosh, this is, I'm not ready for this, but let's, let's go and yeah, build a life together. And you don't have every duck in a row. But there should still be foundations in your life of readiness for when God... Some of you are believing God for, for, for the husband of your dreams or, or the wife of your dreams, yet you're not doing anything to be the man of their dreams or the woman of their dreams. You know, I see guys that have got zero discipline, that have got zero going for them. I know that's harsh, but zero going for them. Yet they get a, just a good normal girl like him and they're like, no, you're not good enough for me. And you sort of think, do you know that you're pretty average yourself, bucko? <laughs> and then sometimes because we don't develop in that season of instruction, we are a lesser version of ourselves, and we end up settling because we haven't had the disciplines in our life to do better, to grow and have the capacity to lead someone else with a greater capacity. And you begin to pull yourself into a fairly average life. I don't know about you, but I think men, women, let's do all we can to educate, study to show ourselves approved. Let's sow into our future. Let's sow into the call of God. Let's save. Let's make good financial decisions. Let's make spiritual decisions where we put God first and his kingdom first. So when someone comes along and they meet you and they're like, man, you're pretty good looking. Jim, what do you reckon? Jim's like, hey, ka-ching, man, I'm ready to go. One thing that happened in Adam's time of being single, he learned to be comfortable in God's presence. Girls, if you meet a guy that's not comfortable in God's presence, oh yeah, well, I, I, this guy's a Christian. I don't care if he's a Christian. I don't care if he's a monk. I don't care if he's... The question is, are they on fire for Jesus? Are they in love with Jesus Christ? You know, because if, you, if you're unequally yoked, you, you'll come down to the lowest common denominator every time. I want to keep talking about this. Is anyone happy tonight? This is just dating advice from Dr. Phil Hall. (laughs) Let me talk to you girls for a minute. This is just a a list of things that I came up with. (laughs) What are you laughing at? How's that funny? I did come up with, this is my list, 100% my intellectual property. So if you 
listening to this podcast, Pastor, because you haven't got a message on a Saturday night and you try and steal my message, I will sue you. <laughs> girls. girls. Sorry, girls. <laughs> if you're asked out by any of the following of these guys, don't go out with them. Are you ready? Number one, they don't ask you to your face. If they're doing it by email... Or they're sending a homing pigeon. If they do it by homing pigeon, I think creativity prevails. Give it a go. <laughs> they can train a homing pigeon. You, he'll be a quirky man, but diligent. <laughs> if a guy doesn't respect your father and mother, don't go out with him. If the in-between jobs is okay, but if the guy doesn't have a job, doesn't want a job, don't go out with him. If he's 20 and doesn't have a driver's license. <laughs> now, now there are, obviously there's some reasons people can't get licenses because they've got bad eyesight or they've got a health challenge. That's okay. There's no worries at all, but that's fine. But if you've got someone here that just doesn't have one because, you know, they're, or, or they're 25 and they're on their L's. <laughs> if they don't pay their bills... Listen to me. If they don't pay their bills, if they don't have financial integrity, don't go out with them. If they don't worship God in church, encourage them to worship God in church. If they're hot and you really like them, just lean over and go, mate, your whole world would open up if you lifted your hands right now. I'm telling you right now. Just lift your hands. Repeat after me. Kura ba 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 ba. Don't go out with a guy that's not on fire for Jesus. Don't go out with a guy that doesn't honour the elderly. You've got an old bird standing on the bus and he's sitting down. He, he probably has his L's, that's why you're on the bus. <laughs> if he doesn't get up for it. <laughs> that's funny. This is good advice. This is good teaching. <laughs> Write this down. If he doesn't respect women, men that don't respect women, you say, how can I tell? You'll be able to tell. Yeah. If they don't respect your purity, if they don't respect your integrity, if they don't respect your testimony, if they tell you you're not good enough, or you've got to do this before or do that before we get to go, go out, you've got to lift your... St- yeah. If they don't respect you... <whistles> if they take longer getting ready than you do... <laughs> My, my little sister, she was dating this clown, I tell you. Oh, he was a clown. And I, I finally said, you've got to get rid of him. And she goes, I don't want to. I said, you need to get rid of him. She said, why is that? I said, because he's prettier than you. <laughs> and my little sister's quite pretty, but this guy, flip, messes with me. Oh, not, <laughs> doesn't mess with me. Well, doesn't mess with me. Is this message helping anyone? <laughs> I feel it's just everyone's getting confused. Another thing about being single, Adam's singleness was the foundation for the first family. Out of one man is now seven billion people. Out of one man and a rib. Seven billion people locked up. The seed that was in one person, the seed that is in you, 
is so powerful that if you would allow God to do something in your heart and in your life, he can multiply the gift of God in your life and you can see something happen in your life in Jesus' name. Is this helping anyone? God began the human family with one single human being. Can I just say this before we get any further? It's so important we pick the right person. Is there one right person for you? If you're super Spiro, of course. (laughs) Just look to the heavens and a dove will come down. I've seen a lot of people marry the right person and be divorced just a couple of years later. They suddenly became the wrong person. God changed his mind. God gets the blame for everything. I'm going to say this. This, this Some people might be mad at me for saying this. I don't trust anyone, ever, ever, that tells me, yes, I need to marry them, God told me. Because I do feel like the Bible says there's a fine line between soul and spirit. And I think when you really love someone and your hormones are proclaiming glad tidings and different things like that, and you're trying to figure out, should I be with this person? They're so pretty, and I want to be with them, and and, it must be God because they're so pretty. I think to hear from heaven, you've got to weigh it up with the people around and about you as well that know God and say, hey, can you speak into this? Because sometimes people make dreaded mistakes because God told them, and God's sitting there going, no, I didn't. I don't want you to marry them. You need to pick the right person when I said yes to Donna. And I said yes to Donna. And I said I do to Donna. I said I don't to three and a half billion women. (laughs) All three and a half billion. They're not allowed. I said yes to Donnie Do. To Donna Allison Foote. I said yes to Donnie Do. Donzie. It was the best yes I've ever said. She's not so sure, but <laughs> oh, I might, she said. But you know, for me, I know I married the right person. It took me long enough to figure that out. We dated a long time. Let me tell you, it's a lot better to have a bumpy kind of dating life than get to a point where you know in your heart, you know it's right, and then it works and just rush into it. Once you're married, you're kind of in it till you die. And if you marry the wrong person and you annoy him enough, that could be quite a short time. 